sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on sports grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh looking at the Western Conference of the NBA, which is absolutely loaded as we stand on the precipice of at least preseason action. We all know we're here and like people won't play in the preseason. The load management starts very, very early. But Kev, when we left it, you know. There's all these teams in the West, you know, teams like the Utah Jazz, teams like the Houston Rockets, right, that, you know, are almost maybe locked into like six, seven, eight, because there's so many quality teams. And then on the flip side, you know, we keep on hearing the narrative around some other teams in the West about how bright their future is, right? Whether it be the Memphis Grizzlies with Ja Morant, whether it be the New Orleans Pelicans and Zion, whether it be the Phoenix Suns who people think are ascending and were amazing in the bubble, even the Minnesota Timberwolves, right, are trying to have a young burgeoning big three with their number one pick joining D'Lo and Cat. So... Take a stand here. Which one of these ascending teams or whatever does make it in? Or which one of these teams that maybe have odds to suggest they're likely to be the one of the top eight, do you think won't make it in? Plant a flag in this dense and competitive Western Conference. So I think it's really important to talk about the Houston Rockets. Uh, And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about this basketball team. But they are in a situation that is so difficult for people. Them to make the playoffs, Dane, is minus 102. Yes, minus 120. The Houston Rockets are favored to miss the playoffs. Okay? And by the way, just so everybody knows, to make the playoffs means that they will then still get through the tournament. It is not a top eight seed. You have to get through the play-in. So just keep that in mind when you are betting in this market. Here's my thing with the Rockets. If James Harden stays, those are laughable odds. He's been in Houston, Dane. He's never missed the playoffs. He's never missed the playoffs. And he won't start this year. The roster's not bad. Okay, Christian Wood was a nice addition. P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon still stick around. I, and you know this, am bullish on what John Wall will bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Ben McLemore, Sterling Brown, these are guys that can fit the M.O. off the bench. And I'm excited about what DeMarcus Cousins can bring to this team as well. Yes, there is some change over at head coach. Mike D'Antoni deserves a ton of credit for who he is as a head coach. He's going to end up being one of the most underappreciated in probably NBA history, considering he was never able to make it to an NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. But this team, Dane, is one that you're going to have to make a decision on as a better. Because if he stays, they're making it. Period. If he goes, I kind of still think... Maybe, possibly. Okay. It depends how good John Wall is. It depends how good John Wall is. But, Dane, I just think it's so jarring that they are so comfortable assuming his exit. I mean, if he stays, right. these numbers on, on the Houston Rockets are a complete joke. All right, let me ask you about another team that I think will have a lot of conversation around them, and they're one of these, like, young ascending teams, right? I'm looking for teams that I have reasons to believe will be better than last year, okay? Mm -hmm. And I want to submit two to to you. One, 
and I see I can get plus 146 for them right now to make the playoffs. As we welcome in our radio audience here around the country, around the globe, here on the early line. Thanks for getting the edge and getting up on the grid with Dane and Kevin. Kev, everyone seems to think that Zion Williamson in year two is going to show more stuff, right? And we Mm -hmm. like Ingram is the most improved player in the damn league, right? We like everything they're getting. They added some veterans to help that mix. Okay, cool. Then why are they plus 146 to make the playoffs? Why are they the 10th choice? I thought everyone thought that Zion was going to, you know, be the second coming and lead this team in year two. Well, it's because the West is such a disaster. I mean, there's 100 teams that think they're going to make the playoffs. But here's the deal with that Pelicans roster. Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and Steven Adams is meant to make up the starting five. There's not any spacing on that team. I mean, they're going to have to hold teams to like 95 a game. I mean, because Zion is a great offensive player when he's next to a big who can stretch the floor some. Steven Adams is going to crowd the area. Brandon Ingram prefers to drive. Bledsoe's not a shooter. Lonzo's not a shooter. They can shoot it a bit, but they're not knockdown shooters. Like, you might need to insert J.J. Redick into the starting lineup. You just drafted a kid in Kiara Lewis out of Alabama, who's another point. It's just the roster construction does not So you don't think they're making the playoffs this year? I do not. Okay. Let me ask you about another team that you know I like. You know I like this squad, but they are also, it looks like, on the outside, uh, you know, kind of wanting in. I look at the Portland Trailblazers. Okay, they are a team. I guess there is minus money for them to make the playoffs, but when you look at the hierarchy, you know, they come in at, like, 8th, ninth, or 10th in the Western Conference. You think they're cooking with gas. They have all-stars and, you know, added a lot of pieces. Yeah, I mean, I I love what the Blazers have done this offseason. How could you not, right? Robert Covington was a slam dunk move. They were able to bring Rodney Hood back. Derek Jones is a nice piece. They retain Carmelo Anthony. But more importantly, they have Damian Lillard, who supplanted himself as a top 10 player in this league. And if Damian Lillard Lillard was playing like a top five player in this league, top three player in this league, I mean, when he was in the bubble. Yeah. If Dame can carry, again, not 40 a game and hitting 40 footers every night, but if Dame can go out there, Dane, and get himself Mm -hmm. all NBA first team guard, then the Portland Trailblazers are, again, wildly mispriced. Yeah, absolutely, right? You need to make it to the promised land. You need that box to be checked. You need that dude. And Dame Dollar proved himself to be a candidate for that. More when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line, looking at the Western Conference, trying to see if there's any value in any futures markets. Not only conference champion, make, miss, playoffs, we've got win totals. And the point here in the Western Conference, Kev, is that there's so many big boys out there, right? And so there's a bunch of teams that have young studs that we like, that are ascending, that people are always saying how excited they are. But we got to see, are any of them going to actually cross that threshold and take that step forward, Kev? That's why I ask you about the New Orleans Pelicans with Zion Williamson, whoever 
everybody loves. That's why I ask you about teams like the Memphis Grizzlies with Ja Morant, who everybody loves, right? And another team I want to ask you about is a team that went undefeated in the bubble, the Phoenix Suns, right? Like, they made some moves in the offseason. You just talked about how Damian Lillard can, you know, kind of be that all-NBA talent to help carry a team. I want to ask you about Devin Booker. Is he at that level? Can he be at that level? We saw what he has done. He would be that kind of guy. And there were also rumors about him moving in the offseason. Well, that is not the case. He is there. And they bring in Chris Paul to help him in the backcourt. Yeah, I'm really excited about what Devin Booker can do this year, him expanding off of what he did in the bubble, making that all-NBA bubble team. He was absolutely sensational. And his growth is going to be incredibly important. I actually was trying to see if he was on the most improved uh, award list for the NBA odds, but he's not. I think he should be. I actually think if he if his season is good enough, I think he actually would have a shot at the award. But he's not there. It is what it is. Unfortunately, Danny, you know this. You know I want well for this Phoenix squad because I like Booker. I like Monty Williams. I like CP3. Right. But they're... Chris Paul is a huge liability to get hurt. So his last season with the Clippers, he missed 21 games. In each of his two seasons with the Rockets, he missed 24 games. Those teams obviously had a lot more talent than the Thunder did last year and the Suns did coming into this, the Suns do coming into this season. Last year, Dane, he missed two games. Two games. And we're now now listen, there was a pause, but you're gonna have Chris Paul come in off this shortened offseason. He was in right. the playoffs. A year older. He he may played a game seven. If Chris Paul goes down, like think about this. The Suns are minus money to make the playoffs. If you removed Chris Paul from this situation, they'd be viewed as a bottom five team in the NBA. That's a lot on Chris Paul's plate. Mm. It's a lot on Chris Paul's plate. And I think he is a type of player that can warrant that respect if I was guaranteed the availability. You have to be careful, Dane, trying to predict injuries, right? Because of course. it's a slippery slope. You yeah. you know, you, but we know guys that are injury prone, right? I mean, Derek Rose was always the example I would use because it just got right. to a point where you're like, he's going to get hurt, and then he got hurt. And Chris Paul is now not, you know, anything too crazy, but Chris Paul typically – you know, was averaging over 20 games a season missed. In a condensed offseason, in a condensed schedule, if Chris mm-hmm. Paul misses 15 games, it's going to be a lot. And it's going to be tough for Phoenix to overcome that unless Devin Booker is all-NBA guard. Right. No, that does make sense. But we will see kind of how these things play out. Remember, if you're like one of these ascending teams, you got to take someone out of the mix. We'll have plenty of time to look at that. But remember, these do games do get started, at least from the preseason over the weekend. Something else that's happening over the weekend, Kev, is UFC 255. I want to talk about the main and the co-main event in this one. I think it is absolutely crazy. Uh, Figueredo is fighting right against Moreno. And here's the thing. Both of them fought in UFC 254 just a couple of weeks ago, right? They're coming off of like a three-week absence. You know, Figueredo, to me, when I've seen him, he is such a whirlwind, right? In the first round, the the, the storm that comes that he brings out there early on in fights. This is a five-round fight as one of the 
main event. I wonder about this fight going the distance. I would maybe look for Figueredo um, because I like Figueredo personally, but I don't like a minus 355. So I am looking for ways to get a little bit more value if I were to take the Figueredo side. Let me ask you, what do you think about this fight? And then I want to tell you something that our good friend Gamblue told us about this to see if you buy it. But I like Figueredo, but I'm looking to get something that's more valuable than minus 355. What say you, Kev? Yeah, you know, see, this is the tough thing about mixed martial arts betting. And it'll always be something that's tough for me. Again, so we talk about it, right? So, Dan, if I told you tomorrow that the New Orleans Saints were getting 10.5 points, right, Yeah. to play the Kansas City Chiefs, you'd be like, well, that's a lot of points for New Orleans Saints. I think the Saints are pretty good, right? right. And you can, you can, I don't think they're going to win the game, but I got the points. But, Dan, right. if I told you, that the Saints were plus 500 to win a game, right. right? Like, we don't deal with money lines on football. You'd be like, yeah, it's plus 500. No, I, I don't think it's going to win, right? Okay. When it comes to betting in the UFC, Figueredo Moreno, these guys are probably closer than this money line suggests. But if Figueredo's going to win the fight, he's going to win the fight, right? Right. So this is something that is difficult for people when it comes to betting in MMA. I'm getting no value on Figueredo, but I think he's going to win the fight. So I think the only option is to do what you're trying to do here, and it's find different methods of victory. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, Figueredo's not going to make that easy on us. Devison Figueroa, I don't know if I've ever seen this before, Dane, and you we've been doing a lot of, we've been talking MMA for a while now. Have you ever seen in the double chance market where you can take a guy by knockout or submission or knockout or points? It's like minus 180 or something like that there, right? Dane, he's minus 180 by knockout or submission, and he's minus 155 by knockout or points. I have never seen a guy Hmm. in the double chance market be minus money both ways. It almost feels like a misprint. It almost (laughs) feels like a misprint. But maybe it's not. And and maybe Vandal knows that everybody just tries to get these discounted double chance ways, and they're trying to, you know, juice the odds in a different direction. But Dan, yeah. I don't even think we can find value here in the double chance market. Right. No, and that's the way I was going to look for as far as Figueredo inside the distance, knockout or submission. It's like minus 180, 185, something like that. Just because I've never seen a, a Figueredo fight go over like, like rounds. You know what I mean? It just doesn't happen. So now I'm expected right. to see five? I don't know about all that. Let me tell you something Gamblue said to me yesterday that I think is interesting. He talks about Figueredo like coming from poverty, uh, like not getting the best fight bonus in 254 the last time, but that they gave him this title fight and like a $50,000 bonus to fight again three weeks later. And that this guy who's never had any money has now been chilling in Vegas for three weeks after hearing all about how great he is and with 50 mm. large in his pocket. Um, do you think that there's anything to the fact that maybe Figueredo starts to hear his own press clippings and you know if you got 50 grand in your pocket in three weeks in vegas you could do some damage yeah you sure could you sure could here's the the, the thing that's actually pretty interesting to me about Figueredo. would you buy that maybe to go to 270 plus 270 about reno that could like catch figueredo sleeping or that he's not you know ready to go this is the thing, Dane. You can get caught sleep sleeping regard. Like, let's just let me okay. just say this: If Moreno okay. catches Figueredo, I'm not going to say it's because Devison is out having a nice time in Vegas. It's okay. because Moreno's a solid fighter, right? So this is the thing, though. That's that's Figueredo is going for 
I don't want to say I don't want to be uh, hyperbolic, but if he wins this fight, he pretty much clinches fighter of the year. I don't want to say it's an all-time great year for a okay. fighter, but it's a hack of a year that Devison Figueredo is putting forward if he finishes. Again, you mentioned, Dane, he just fought a pay-per-view ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he was and I remember the, the one before that. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, in the post fight, he was like, listen, tell Moreno, let's get this thing going as soon as possible. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, they got that thing going as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's just so tough because you don't see any obvious value here. So what do you start doing? You start parlaying yeah, stuff. Fight then. How like, you gonna play it? Shave me some value. Uh, Find me some value, Kev. Can I tell you this though, Dane? And and we were kind of on break when it all had happened. But Devison Figueredo, his last fight was about minus three hundred, and your boy got involved at that price. Yeah. Because I was like, he's just gonna win the damn fight. And so you're gonna lay that was- wood again. I don't know. Is that a way to make a living? It worked last time for me, Dan. I'll tell you what. I mean, a lot of greedy yeah. spill on the carpet, though. I'll tell you. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> SportsGrid.com: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, twenty-four-seven, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering: real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Big shout out to all the affiliates getting the edge with us early on. Kev, I don't want you laying minus 350. Okay, I, I, let's let's do something else here, bro. There's other options out there. There's other like this is not Amanda Nunes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if it was, yeah, I'd be like, yeah. all right, no doubt she's gonna win the fight, right? But there's people I respect being, and you're calling them the New Orleans Saints for goodness sakes, right? The opponent, like, can it happen? Yes. Don't lay minus three fifty five. Let me interest okay. you in something else. Okay. Can I interest you in the co-main instead? Okay, Kev, because I think we have more reasonable numbers in the co-main here, right? (laughs) Where we got Ferguson and Oliveira, whichever side you like, it's not as risky as the Figueredo. Let me ask you this. The way I see this fight, but you are much more of an expert on the octagon than me. I know Tony Ferguson, Kev. I know Tony Ferguson is a maniac with a gas tank, right? I also know that the last time I saw Tony Ferguson... He got the ever living crap beat out of him by Justin Gage. <laughs> right? And so I ask you, Kev, because here's what I believe fundamentally to be true. Even more so than in like the NFL, right? Where if you're an aging quarterback, it can fall off the cliff quickly. If you are a fighter that has accumulated so much, it may happen quickly kev and i wonder mm-hmm. to what extent can tony ferguson bounce back and reclaim the form that he's had i mean he got lumped up bro and uh he's right now being installed as a minus 176 favorite do you think that's right do you expect to see back to vinch's ferguson or is there lasting effects from what happened with justin gaethje yeah, I tell you, Dane, you you get beat up like that, it changes you, right? And, right. And I don't just. And this is the thing about Tony Ferguson; he is a maniac. Now, <laughs> so when I say it changes you, I don't mean that Tony is going to do anything differently, but that almost might be the problem because Tony Ferguson thinks right. that he can just right, walk right, through right. walls, right? And like he can, 
Well, to be fair, the ref, it was a standing knockout, if I remember correctly, against Gaethje. Right. Like, he was just stood there getting his... Br- God, it was just... It was incredible. And I think it was Herb Dean, who was just like, all right, that's enough. I'm like, this, mm-hmm. is, this is awful to watch, right? Tony, just like, yep, same deal. But you're, you're just not the same fighter. Your chin yeah. isn't the same. It's not the same when you get involved that way. And I look at this fight here and... Olivier is a guy that can finish it. Now, he can do it on the ground as well, but you can catch it, and then he can put you to the ground, right? So I feel like this fight not going the distance feels like the best way to play it, but hmm, it's minus 230, Dane. I mean, God, this is the thing. This is the thing about MMA betting. A lot of times it's not for the faint of heart. You got to swallow juice. It, they, we're not dealing with point spreads here. Right. What about Paul and Figueredo and this one not going to the distance? Right? Could you do something like that? Uh, sometimes, sure like could. the good old double money line parlay, right? When you take two minus two fifties and you can get it down, is that maybe yeah. a way to play it? You could, and that and that checks in at minus one nineteen, and and that's a way to bring all of this down. And, and listen, I, I tell you right now, like if, if you're gonna just look for parlay partners, right? Like Tisha Torres uh, has a fight against Sam Hughes, right? Minus five hundred. You bring in a minus 500 that favorite, in. right? And you throw Devis and Figueredo in at minus 355, and it checks in at minus 186. The two, like, two of the biggest absolute favorites on the card, and I'm getting it below $2. Like, that, the thing about MMA, you have two options, realistically, when it comes to betting MMA, right? You are either going to be laying a lot of juice, or you're going to parlay. Or... You're a dog player. And as a dog player, you say, I know that my projections say that this person is going to win the fight, but not as consistently as that right. uh, those odds represent. Right? For yep. you know, just for example, yeah, the opening fight of the United States is Chase Hooper and, and, and Peter Barrett, right? Barrett checks in a plus three hundred. Right. But if your odds and and you you know, there's people who create these odds and if there's people who you go to for MMA picks, right? If there's projection models that you sure. look at, right? If they tell you that Barrett should be plus two twenty, that's value. Now right, right, right. it that still suggests he's gonna get his ass kicked and lose the fight, but it's value. Mm-hmm. It's value, yeah. right? And that's how people like to play MMA. Those are the, and so when we look through this thing, minus two thirty for the fight to not go the distance. Boy, it's a lot of juice. But a winning bet is a winning bet. All right, fair enough. No, I hear you. It's like if I think a specific game should be six and a half, and I see it at four and a half, that gap is value, right? It still could mean that that team is an yeah. underdog, but absolutely, no, I hear you. So let's turn our attention to the NFL now, because Week 14 does get started going on. Before we go into Thursday night football, let's look at some of the injuries that are on the horizon. We had practice reports yesterday, so we have to digest those. And I wonder, out of some of these injuries that are on the horizon here, that we're still looking at certain key players like what do you think is the biggest um injury that you're looking at for week 14 for example you know these guys are still not practicing antonio gibson huge for the washington football team right um we know about the covid list in carolina for guys like um you know chris um 
for guys like Samuel and more. Debo Samuel didn't practice for the Niners, even though he did come back. Ahmed to potentially come back for the Miami Dolphins. There's some playoff teams in there. I think Gibson is important. You know, uh, it does look like Danny Dimes may come back for mm. the New York football Giants. What's the injury you're going to keep your eye on most over the next 48 hours or so? So there's two names that really jump off the page. The first one is selfishly McCaffrey. Sure. And this is, and I'm not going to pull point. This is entirely based on my fantasy team. We have, I have a fantasy roster playoffs, that baby. has been sensational with Christian McCaffrey and a half point PPR scoring over 150 points a game in the games that McCaffrey is available. It happens to be though, there's only been three of those games and you know, you just sit there and you're like, you're getting him back. And I know I'm not the only person going through this. You're like, we're going to get yeah. Christian McCaffrey back for the playoffs. This is going to be great. It's all we could ever ask for is get McCaffrey back for the playoffs. And he pops up on the injury report with a new injury. New it's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. And the one thing that Dane has made a point of all season long is when we get to this point in the year, teams who have nothing to play for, maybe they'll make a different decision than if they had something to play for. And I got to yeah. be honest with you. I had a, you know, a, a little debate the other day with somebody about whether McCaffrey would play or not. And I knew that I was being biased when I was saying there's no reason for him not to play. When that oh, there's was reason for him, for him to not play. play. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. And I knew that in the moment. And I and I appreciate the person who I was talking to. Not that new contract extension is another one. But, yeah, go ahead. I mean, oh, yeah, there's like 100 reasons. So that – and that's just a personal me. I'm just simply yeah, sitting here you. complaining about my fantasy team. The other one, though, that caught me by surprise is Godwin. What the heck is he doing there? I mean, are you kidding Pins me? Pins taken this... out of his fingers and stuff. Yeah. Like, dang, like, this has been all season long. I mean, he was on True. the bye week, so I'm like, oh, they're supposed True. to come back fully healthy. Chris Godwin has been banged up all year long, but not in the tr- – like, McCaffrey's mitt has only played three games. Godwin has played, like – I don't know what, you know, a little over 50% of the games, but he's it's like every other week with this guy. If yeah. Chris Godwin does not practice and then ultimately ends up does not play, it it starts to throw a wrench in kind of what we're going to want to see here from the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they're supposed to come off the bye and get right and be Start together. You can't be together if you don't got Chris Godwin. That's fair. I mean, they would still have Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Rojo, Leonard Fournette to try to look good. But your point is well taken. For me, two names are Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team and Daniel Jones of the New York football giants. Why? Because those two teams are tied at five and seven at the top of the NFC East. And I know, remember last week, Kev, when we looked at the schedules? for the contending teams in the AFC. And we kind of saw that, oh, Baltimore still has kind of a way in, maybe an easier schedule. We saw some games this week involving your teams, the round robin with the Colts and the Raiders and the Dolphins. And we know those would be very important games. We'll preview some of those games tomorrow. But I'm now starting to think this race in the NFC East is also very, very interesting. So as we look at the NFC playoff picture, and then specifically for those teams, right, that are going to be competing with each other, for the last spots, I think an interesting leverage point is the Giants and the football team. So can we see that, guys, now? I know we have the Giants schedule and the Washington football team schedule. Can we see that? Because also Gibson down for Washington, Danny Dimes may be coming back. I'd like to see the Giants and the Washington football team schedule where they are in the playoffs. And what do you think that means for how the NFC East will shake out, Kev? 
you know, the thing is, Dane, we did watch for the hook yesterday, right? Like, I'm right. not crazy. The Cardinals are laying one and a half. They laying three yesterday. Now, yeah. I don't think they ruled Kyler Murray out all of a sudden, and I think less point spread would move a, a bit more if yeah. that were to be the case. In Maybe fact, if anything, we know that Daniel Jones is coming back, right? Maybe it's, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they value Colt McCoy just like the Jets value Sam uh, Flacco over Darnold these days. It's it's a little bit of Daniel Jones love here then, right? Three goes to now one and a half, and and people are are, are pumping the the Giants' tires. I'll tell you this right now, though. This is what I was hoping for. I I was hoping for Arizona at a discount here. And I don't know if it's a discount, but I certainly didn't want to be laying three. Gosh, I I didn't think that that was uh, the way to go in that game. So that's a big move right there. When you compare these two teams – I love the matchups that they've both drawn here. The Giants and Washington coming off these incredible victories. And the Cardinals and the Niners from the... Remember when that was the greatest division that God has ever created? The NFC West. And those two teams now enter pretty low in a lot of uh, people's eyes. It's interesting. I mean, you know, uh, all four of those teams are at least on the playoff graphics still, right? So we'll see how it shakes out. But what do you think about Washington and the Giants? Like... Who has an easier schedule? We'll look at that. We'll look at the NFC playoff race where teams like Arizona, who you've mentioned, the Minnesota Vikings, who are there at the bottom. And we'll try to forecast who do we think has the edge because that's what we do here on SportsGrid. We look at the playoff picture, the schedules, and Thursday night football when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane and Kevin. And Kev, I got to ask you, we know the Giants won both head-to-head matchups against the football team, right? So they have the tiebreaker. And that's important to note. But when you see these two schedules, right, left for the two teams, and we, you know, this was like a joke for a while, ha, 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 the NFC least. But when I look at these schedules, like, who do you think has a better chance to get to, say, seven wins? Hmm. Uh, I think I, oh, gosh, I would say Washington because I know they're going to be favored over Carolina Carolina and Philly and that comes before any games that the Giants will be favored in and then they would enter week 17 so Washington favored in two the Giants favored in one you think see I don't know if Washington actually will be favored in Philly I don't know if they're actually going to be favored in Philly. And that's not it. I don't know if you disagree. That's not an Eagles. So forget the point spreads, though. You think they're the better team there. They can get two wins. And the Giants, it sounds like you think maybe just one. It's not even necessarily that. It's it's more so this. If, if, right, Washington is able to beat Carolina and the Giants go winless in their next three. We enter week 17 where Washington is winning it. And if they go into that game against Philly in a win and in, they're going to then be favored because everybody is going to be capping it as it's going to be the greatest effort in Washington football history. One effort in Washington football team history. Uh, But you know what I mean? I think it's going to be interesting to watch that. So you do think Washington has the edge? Yeah, I still don't think Dallas is entirely dead here either, if I'm being totally honest. I really don't. Like, they're going to win. 
Right, but the question Careful. is, do you think Washington has the easier schedule or the Giants have the easier schedule? Yeah, I lean Washington. I lean Washington. Okay. All right, cool, because there's other places we still have to do this as well. I do. Um, in the NFC playoffs at the wild card level, there's the idea of, you know, some six-win teams, right? We've been talking mm. about how the Cardinals are falling back down, right? The Minnesota Vikings are a team that some people have said are excited to see. We thought San Francisco may join the fray as well. They did not. So let's look at their remaining games. The Vikings and the Cardinals both stand at 6-6. Six and six. Which one of these two teams, Kev, do you think has an easier path, you know, kind of to ultimately get to where they need to be, which is one more win than the other team. I think the Cardinals definitely have an easier path. They're they're favored this week. Uh, They're, of course, going to be favored against the Eagles and in that home game against the Niners, although although the Niners will be very comfortable in Arizona by that point in time. But it's just, I think Arizona has the easier slate. Realistically, though, when it comes to these two sides, the most important thing is what Kyler Murray looks like. And Mm. if it's the shoulder, do they figure him out? We'll find out. He's got a good test this week against the Giants. But just on its face, Dane, I think the Cardinals see an easier final four games. Really? I think I take the other side of this. I think Minnesota is slightly easier. To me, Chicago and Detroit are two um, what I would call very winnable games, right? And I only Mm. think that the Cardinals have one very winnable game, that being against the Philadelphia Eagles, right? This Giants game is going to be tough. You know, it's a one-point spread, like you're saying. San Francisco and the Rams, I think, are tough teams. Uh, So I see the Bears and and the Lions as a way to get Minnesota to at least eight. I think the Vikings schedule is a little bit softer. I see two uh, soft spots, whereas with Arizona, I only see one. But you think Arizona wins this game in in MetLife this week, correct? Yeah. I do think they win this game in MetLife. Here's what my pushback would be on the Vikings. The two soft spots are both divisional games, and we know how division games tend to play out. I actually would say I think Minnesota loses one of those two football games. That would be my expectation, is that the Vikings drop. And at Tampa Bay uh, and at New Orleans is, that's an uphill battle like never before. So are you saying you think at this point, and a lot of stuff can change and blah, 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 we all know Mm -hmm. that. Are you saying you think ultimately both the Vikings and Cardinals finish 7-9? and No, I think the Vikings finish 7-9. and I think the Cardinals. think Arizona can get to 8-8? Yeah, I think they get eight to eight or even nine and seven. I think that they can okay. close this year out strong. I really okay. do. So I think that they can catch um, the Rams on the background even if in week seventeen. I, really? I I think the Cardinals will close out strong. Okay, so fair enough. So it sounds like then you do believe then the NFC playoff teams are pretty much set, and that would be with the three wild cards, meaning two from the West mm-hmm. and one from the South. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I okay. think it's going to be. It's certainly, look, they have the same records, right? right, right, right. Uh, what is interesting, just to bring it into the fray, the Cardinals to make the playoffs is a plus 138 for the yes. The Vikings to make the playoffs is plus 130 for the yes. We talked about this a little bit the other day, but they are showing plus numbers for both of these two teams. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm not going to throw pushback on, hey, where's – the Niner, blah, blah. but if you think that both of these schedules are hard, because Dane, I can tell, thinks Arizona is harder than I do. I think Minnesota is harder than he does. Let's say you agree that both of these schedules are yeah. hard. 
Well, a team like the Niners are four to one. I don't know, and listen, they've they've lost literally six games in a row. But if the Bears had a super easy schedule, they are a game back. They're plus six ten to make the playoffs. So there's value out there. There's value out there. And let's not forget then that if we think some of these teams, these Vikings in the cards have tough schedules, right? And we look at those teams that are one back and you're talking about San Fran, right? Or Chicago. Let's not forget the Giants and the football team are both only one week back. And while one of them will win the division, if you're saying, you know, the seven seed could be eight and eight, well, then there is still the sliver of chance that the NFC least could send two teams into the playoffs, which would be absolutely hysterical. But week 14 gets going tonight with a very interesting Thursday night football game. Let's talk about this. The Rams are home. The Rams are hosting the Patriots. However, the Patriots have been out West all week, if you remember, right? Because they just got off their boat racing of the Los Angeles Chargers, 45 to nothing. This one looks like a tougher task. They are getting five points in this one. You know the way we feel about the Patriots here on the early line. (laughs) Tell me, how do you think this game is going to go? Because honestly, Kev, you know, we can take all, all the good narratives we have. The Rams' defense has been one of the reliable top five defenses of the NFL this year. And they are strong against the run. They are a top mm-hmm. three run defense, I do believe, right? So the formula recently, when they're on this streak that has them still on the playoff graphic that has Kevin, you know, emboldened, is that they're throwing the ball. Cam Cam does not have to throw the ball. He hasn't thrown for 100 yards in the last two games. So that has to be some other elements, right? The run game. That's going to be a tougher task against this Rams defense, Kev. So how do the Patriots, how do the Patriots score tonight? Well, I, I think the Patriots are going to have to go out there and, and play some good defense. I think that's why we're looking at a total of 44 and a half. I don't okay. think the Pats are, are going to try to win this game 31-28, right? Okay. So I, I think that from, from the, the beginning is, is important to note there. I just want to say this game is quite wild because we enter this matchup. You and I have kind of, you know, have our positions on what the Patriots are, and it's been a thread sure. weaved out through this show since week seven ended. Yeah. This week, for anybody that's been watching the sports grid, I've seen myself and Gabe debate now for a very long time, and I mean, like, in terms oh, how of long on air. How long did time. you guys talk about it? How long did you? It guys was talk? the entire hour, and Mike Blewett really? got pulled into it. It was the entire hour <laughs> because I made a. What you guys got to do is just go to tears because it, the list doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter when you do eleven versus thirteen. The question is: Can these guys elevate their freaking team, or are they? You know, do they need the other pieces around it? But I digress. Go ahead. Boy, boy, did he not like when you when you threw him the tears? I'll, I'll tell you that uh, in the moment. But, but I thought it was. He also didn't even know what my position on Jared Goff was. You know what I, I mean? And quite frankly, uh, I. I did it, right? And I have him literally now as number. You're going to love this one, Kev. Of course 13. you do. 13. Oh, that's good. Outside of top 12, if you ask me. Because <laughs> so, so, again, for anybody that maybe hasn't seen this, I, I made what I thought was just going to be a passerby comment that would not get pushed back. Top sure, 12 sure. quarterback. I should have said top 8 because that would have, I guess, driven the point home a bit more. Although, I don't know. I might have got yelled at for that, too, with the way Gabe's list. So, you got Jared Goff going against this Patriots team that obviously that a lot of positions have been taken. What do you right. think holds true tonight, Kev? But I just want to add this. 
Dane, and you right. know this better than anybody. What's also one of my preseason positions? I was you higher like the on the Rams than everybody else. Yeah. You like the Rams, right? absolutely. So, so I'm, I'm all so let's good throw it all into a into pot. What do we got, bro? We throw it into the pot, though, simply put. Um, uh, the, the Jared Goff thing happening. You would think, by the way, that this was, like, scripted, like we were sponsored by this game. Right, 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 the way right, that right. we've created all of this Jared Goff hype throughout the week. But I got to roll with the Pats here. This number was six and a half earlier in the week. I mean, it's been coming down, 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 down. The big question for me entering this game, Dane, is what do we make of the New England Patriots defense, right? Because when this run started, they gave up 27 points to the Jets. And I and I remember saying, I said, I'm like, maybe I'm crazy, but I'm going to give them a pass because it's the first time the Jets have just done anything creative yeah. on offense. Denzel Mims, baby. <laughs> it was literally, I mean, like, Brashad Perriman was throwing, know, it was 50 know, yards. Like, it was the only time they'd done any, and I'm like, I just, the, there's no way anyone could have been ready for that. I said it might, it might end up looking insane, but that's how I felt coming out of that game. They held Baltimore to 17. Watson puts up 27. Then they held Kyler Murray to 17, by the way. The fewest points the Cardinals have scored since the Kyler Murray Seattle injury game. That is okay. noteworthy. And then they shut out Justin Herbert in LA. Okay. So, Dane, let me ask you this Patriots defense that yeah. because of the season long, their metrics have them near the bottom five in the league. Right. Are they average? Really good? Hot at the right time? Locking into time and place with opponents. What is this Patriots defense? Um, all of the above, <laughs> to be quite honest. And I'll use the Saints as a comparison. Remember the beginning of the season, you were like, this Saints defense, 30 points a game. They have gone all the way up yeah. to a top five defense. Right? Absolutely. I don't believe the Patriots have gone all the way up. Right. So what mm-hmm. you have mentioned, uh, you gave an answer. Average. Right. They're better than they were. Right. They, 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 they could be decent. Fine. Mm-hmm. This Rams offense at some points looks good. We like Cam Akers emerging. Right. And all that. So I do think, you know, the Rams is a different challenge than, say, the Jets or what have you. But fundamentally, Kev, I just think I, I think the linchpin is the other side of the ball. I think I like because I do think, say, like the Rams with their team total, let's say, right? I think the Rams will get to 20. You know yep. what I mean? I don't know if the Patriots will for me. What they did against the Chargers, yeah, they certainly got there. But we know the special teams that were involved, Gunnar Olszewski and stuff. I don't know if this Patriots offense can do that against this Rams defense. That's what I think is going to be, if anything, the mismatch. I think Cam Newton's going to be forced into situations that he hasn't been in in the last month that we have been talking about. That's what I think is the critical piece of this game. Um, Cam won't be able to kind of get through in the way he has been recently against this Rams defense that we believe is good. Could the Patriots defense, you know, hold firm on some level? Yes, but you started with the total in this game. I see it in that way also, right? Kind of an under. You had the sloppy Thursdayness to it. That's where I'm going. I want to see where you go when we come back to wrap it up, up a bow on this one. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge of talking about Thursday night football, Rams and Pats. And, Kev, you know, I think it's about the Patriots' offense and what they can or cannot do against the Rams' defense. You bring up the Patriots' defense, and I will say this. Bill Belichick certainly handled McVay and his offense last time around in a high leverage game, right? That was the Super Bowl. I remember it because, Kev, I made 20 no bets on touchdowns for players, right? 20 of them. And I went 19 Jeez. and 1 on those bets. We yeah, covered we the think board so. and went 19 and 1 on those bets. So I remember that quite clearly. What do you think? Does Bill know how to, you know, solve the boy genius that is McVay? I think Bill's going to hold that over his head for a very long time. I, I think kind of regardless of how this game goes, it really changed everything about me. Like, Dan, if I, if I would have asked you, not in the context of this conversation, if I would have just caught you off guard on a Tuesday, give me your top five head coaches. I don't think, you would have, I don't think you'd say McVay, right? No. But would, going into that Super Bowl, Sean McVay, it was like, oh, these are the two best coaches the in football, right? Yeah. It was like him and Bill. Like, that's how people felt yeah. that season. All the that was, you know... McVeigh's second season at the helm. I think highly of McVeigh. I think he's good. I certainly think that, you know, things have kind of been reset. He's also wildly young and is going to, if everything goes according to plan, coach this Rams team for another two decades. And that's why I think he's going to have an opportunity to go down as an all-timer and get back to a Super Bowl. Uh, I certainly do believe that. Listen, at the end of the day, this is I've kind of been laughing a little bit on, on the grid this week. I feel like between myself, you, and Gabe, we're all backed into a corner when it comes to this game. We've kind of got no choice, right? You're, you're either on the patch, you're off the patch, you're on Jared Goff, whatever it might be. So you yeah. know where I stand on that. But as far as the prop goes, and I and it sounds gimmicky, but I genuinely think it's, it's fair enough value. Jared Goff to throw a pick is minus 128. Jared Goff has not thrown interception last week. There's not been once all year where he's gone consecutive games without throwing an interception. And this is a really good Patriots defense, or at least it's a Patriots defense that's playing really well right now. All right, fair enough. Remember, the prop bet for Cam passing yards is 180. Dude hasn't gone over 100 in a while, but that's when these things change. I know one thing. We'll be here to talk about it tomorrow, along with all the Week 14 games. The morning after is up next. Have a good one, everybody.